Welcome to episode 5 of the Arbor Vitae podcast, promoting virtue in woodworking. I'm Adam Taylor. And I'm Jonathan Conrad. And we'll be your co-hosts for today. Our mission is to explore how different virtues influence the way we live and work in the shop, how virtues contribute to the fruitfulness of our labor, and to highlight those who are making significant contributions to this great woodworking community. You know, it's the fifth episode of this podcast, and still, when we start this recording, I feel like someone should pinch me because I'm not actually the host of a podcast that is bringing me so much joy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. And I love I love hearing that. I'm glad you're reading it and not me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to think that this is maybe the time when we need to cut out that second part because people are starting to realize what we're about. But at the same time, no it's, way. Just, it's so succinct that I, I like no way. it. No so, um, way. We're going to pretend like we're getting new hundreds of new listeners every week. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretend, right? Yeah, um, no. <laughs> so they're, they're trickling in. <laughs> they are. They we're are grateful we're for the grateful. listeners that we have. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, what have you been working on in the shop, Jonathan? So, man, it's a mess right now. I mean, it's like a tornado went through there. <laughs> um, all really, really great, fun things. Um, so, the first thing I want to point out is it's not on my bench. It was when I opened it. Um, now it's in my work bag because I've been reading it. Um, Mortis and Tenon Mortis and Tenon Magazine. Yes, it is literally the coolest thing that I've ever seen, felt, or read. <laughs> like, I mean, it is a work of art. Um, it is just magnificent, and it, it's like I'm taking a journey back in time. Wow. Um, and getting to know like more intimately those who came before us and those who did this several hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. um, the way that they, I mean, the articles are phenomenal. The content is phenomenal. I mean, it's just, it's just top notch. Wow. Um, so if, if, if you've never heard of it, I would encourage you to t take a look. Um, they do one episode or one, uh, one magazine a year at the beginning of the year. I think they're printing episode or not episode. Um, the next issue right now, right. Uh, I don't know when it'll ship probably pretty soon, but I'm, probably going to be placing the order for that one uh here shortly um i mean it's just it's just fantastic so that's one of the things um and then i've got a i've got a bunch of random small projects um a couple of boxes some crucifixes some pocket crosses okay you know christmas it's mostly family um and I, I was at a wedding uh last weekend and one of my aunts wanted me to make uh several crucifixes for her and her family um and I've got a, uh, my wife's friend is looking for some, uh, the pocket crosses that I make with, uh, the Mary metal. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I've just got a couple other kind of side fun projects, you know, for practice and learning. Um, that box I was posting on Instagram, it's, uh, it's finger joints, but then the ends are mitered and yes. that's been a doozy, but it's also been pretty rewarding because I did the finger joints by hand. Okay. I haven't awesome. been brave enough to go after dovetails yet, but um, <laughs> I'm feeling a lot more confident with sharpening, um, you know, hand sawing both tenon saw as well as, or, you know, back saw as well as with the coping saw. I was really kind of starting to get that comfortable down. So mm -hmm. that's been a really fun little side project. Um, so, and then there's, I mean, piles and piles and piles of, of shavings all over the floor. Right. Uh, but I kind of love looking at them. <laughs> I don't know why. They, they're soft on your feet. They just, you know, it smells great in there. It's not dusty. Do you ever feel like a big hamster? 
kind of. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, they get to live on those things, and we, like, sweep them up and discard them like they're trash, you know? But they're they're really cool. I like wood shavings. Yeah. A lot, a lot <laughs> more than sawdust. Right. Oh, my gosh. I'd take shavings over dust any day. Yep. Ugh. So that's what's that's what I've got on my bench. What about you, Adam? Um, well, first of all, I, I I really need to get a copy of Mortis and Tenon magazine because I've been hearing nothing but great things about it, and I've never really gotten to talk to anyone who has read it, like you know, one, sort of one on one. But you were telling me some awesome stuff that you had found in it, and I think I'm really going to have to get that. But my question is, can we have a magazine as our featured craftsman one of these episodes? <laughs> like does that work or would we have to say like okay the editor of mortis and tenon <laughs> i don't know I, I i hear what you're saying though yeah i i would love i would love to talk to them um but uh because there's you know there's so many people involved in, in the creation of it yeah. maybe it's just a featured a featured item yeah maybe like the catholic man show they've got their their man gear we need to have like a woodworking gear right. that we feature yeah, or if we can get one of the people who's interested or um, who's involved in it, you know, as our featured craftsman, then maybe we can f- just sort of feature the magazine that. That would actually, Agreed. it sounds like, I mean, from what you've been telling me about it, it sounds like it resonates very well with our podcast in terms of like looking to things that have come before and sort of the virtue of doing things. Oh, in absolutely. An older way. So we could probably even make a, an entire episode about that if people are interested. Yeah. Um, so let us know if that's something that you'd like to see. Uh, for myself, I've been plugging away on the bunk bed, uh, which is really fun. We've gotten to the point where we have the full bed, which is the one on the bottom. We have that fully assembled in terms of the actual frame. Uh, So the outer sides of that are assembled. And then we've got the slat work. Um, So there's a, a long support beam that runs through the middle that is supported down to the ground with uh, three different supports. Okay. And then there are the the slats that run across the bed, um, so sort of perpendicular to the way you'd be lying in it. And then we have the... Um, so the whole thing needs to be disassemblable. Right. But we want to have drawers underneath. So we were trying to figure out, okay, what do you do? How do you have drawers that are going to need drawer slides? Because we, we couldn't really figure out a way of getting web frames in there, like for, for actual drawers that slide on their own. So we figured metal drawer slides would be the best. So what we actually did is we set up, um, there are three drawers on each side that go halfway through the bed so that there are right you know a total of six drawers. And what we did was <clears throat> we used bed hardware, that same hardware that locks the the long portions of a bed onto the headboard and the footboard footboard and we connected sort of stretchers across um on either side of each drawer opening okay and so then once those are in place and we have the drawers made we're gonna attach the drawer slides to those gotcha so that you can take the drawer out and then take these things out and the drawer slides will will stay on them. So it's it's kind of a neat idea, nice. but it's hard to describe over audio. So I might have to post some pictures up online once we get that done. Absolutely. But we're actually, um, I'm going over to my brother's house to work on that t- 
tomorrow, and I think one of our biggest tasks is going to be making the actual drawer boxes themselves, but um, we've got most of the parts already cut for that, so it's going to be a lot of the joinery, like the rabbits on the sides, and, and cutting everything to final length, and, uh, you know, gluing and tacking it together, and letting them all dry. I think we also want to pre-finish the drawers as much as possible. So. On a piece like that, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. I think... See, the other cool thing is, um, so we, I haven't actually made the plunge into converting my social media accounts yet, which I say social media, really the only thing I use anymore is Instagram. Um, but Dan and I, my brother, um, have formed sort of a side business called Little John Woodworks. And it's named after um, St. Nicholas Owen, who was um, most famous for being a priest hole builder in Reckes in England. Um, in the sort of the time of the English Reformation. And um, so one of the things that we want to focus on is sort of ecclesiastical woodworking. So we were really excited when we got that that altar project that I mentioned in the last episode. And um, we did finalize the design with that this week. And so we're kind of looking ahead to, you know, we're working on this bunk bed project for my sister, but at the same time, we have to be buying the lumber for this altar project. Okay. Which is it's it's all going to be in riffs on white oak awesome which is just going to be a dream to work with absolutely but i need to find a good supplier in my area who carries riffs on stock and i don't know i have such little experience going to an actual like professional lumber yard i don't know if they're going to have specifically rifts on stock or if i'm going to have to pick through flats on and quarter sawn mm, to find usually especially with that kind of like you know like for example quarter sawn white oak right mm -hmm. it's they usually have that kind of stuff because it's such a common commonly requested rip right that they usually carry that specifically and usually they charge more right that's where you want to find a local Sawyer, you know, if you have one that mm -hmm. can either cut it for you or, you know, already has it. Uh, so it's from the same tree and everything like that. But, you know, depends on what area you're in. Like I found a couple on Craigslist and then I've just kind of uncovered them slowly but surely over Instagram. And now mm -hmm. I just use Mike Woods for everything because he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you haven't already... Go, go and listen to the uh, interview that we did with him. It's amazing. Um, <clears throat> what I'm scared about, though, is we don't want quarter sawn. We don't want those um, medullary ray flex that you get oh. that are so typical in arts and crafts furniture, which are, are beautiful in that. And don't get me wrong, I have nothing against those. But in terms of, like, an altar, like, in a, in a church, you don't necessarily want to be distracted by that. You want kind of like a more quiet grain that's going to let sort of the architectural details of the piece come forward. Agreed. So, um, so that's why, like, I know I could find quarters on white Oak cause it, it's synonymous with arts and crafts and, and um, you know, mission style furniture and stuff like that. But I don't know that anyone's going to have specifically rifts on, or if I'm going to have to, I don't know. Well, anyway, so that's another thing that we, <laughs> we've been working on. Um, so it's, it's keeping us pretty busy. And we're thinking ahead with that in terms of finishing, we may end up buying an HVLP because it's two big projects back to back that we could really use the HVLP for. And since we'll have the extra income coming in, it's something that we're fairly confident that we are going to be able to use for future projects. If you've got um, the space for it, they're definitely worth it. Yes. Yeah. 
So, speaking of using things for future projects, that's a very good segue into the results of last episode's challenge. Yeah. So, Jonathan, would you like to? Yeah. Take so, it away last with those? episode was the topic of uh, scarcity and temperance. Uh, we got some great responses. Wanted to share a couple of those. One uh, from Chris, uh, CRT builds, and what was cool about his response was uh, around scarcity of space. We talked about scarcity of tools, space, and materials. And so he was talking about space when he works out of his garage, uh, but he's kind of made a commitment to his family that the family car gets to stay in the garage, uh, which, right. you know, kudos to you. That's awesome. Uh, which, which translates to, although theoretically he could use that space, he has to be disciplined and not use it because he's already made a commitment that that space needs to be for the family vehicle. I commend you mm -hmm. for that because uh, cars wear out much faster when they're outside. <laughs> and if you're not right. in like San Diego where it's always sunny, well, even then you got salt water, but like, um, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, the other thing I thought was awesome was he, he refers to his wife as his bride, which is just the coolest thing ever. So kudos <laughs> to you, Chris, on that. Thanks for sharing also. Um, and then we also heard from Corey, uh, and Corey's a full-time woodworker. So, you know, Adam and I obviously are more hobbyists. Um, Corey does some amazing things uh, in his shop, and his response was that, you know, for a long time, all he really had was basic home center tools, contractor saw, jigsaw, router, drill, and some straight chisels. And over time, as he buys new, new tools, uh, his focus is on bigger and better tools only after he's proved to himself that he can actually use them to progress the business. Uh, which is a, I mean, very disciplined approach, uh, very wise approach. Because I can imagine, you know, if, if woodworking is my full time job, it'd be it'd be a really big tendency to justify all these tools all the time. And, you know, you just don't like that's tough, right? Like if if for me, it's like if the money's in the account, it's no big deal. Um, you know, for him, that's his livelihood. So. Uh, you know, thanks Corey for responding as well. Uh, much appreciated. So those were some of the feedback that we had gotten from last week's episode. That was last week. Uh, what are we talking about this week, Adam? This week we have uh, social media and hope, which is sort of an immense topic, and there we're just kind of going to scratch the surface of it. But we, as always, we want to start with a definition of what hope is, and hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the salvation of ourselves and others. And the virtue of hope responds to the aspiration to happiness, which God has placed in the heart of every man. It takes up the hopes that inspire men's activities and purifies them so as to order them to the kingdom of heaven. It keeps man from discouragement. It sustains him during times of abandonment. It opens up his heart in expectation of eternal beatitude. Buoyed up by hope, he is preserved by... He is preserved from selfishness and led to the happiness that flows from charity. Boom. So that's, uh, yeah, again, taken from the catechism. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, you, you can't really get much better than that. Nope, and so We can just end there and be like, that's it. Boom. We, yeah. Done. <laughs> I feel like every time we read the definition, we, we say that. Like, okay, we're done. Um, but as usual, we're going to continue blathering on for another 45 minutes. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> but... Uh, one of the things that, that we stress, of course, is 
you know, Jonathan and I are very firm, committed Catholics, but we realize that not everyone in the woodworking community is Catholic or, or Christian or even religious. Um, but hope is hard to divorce from that sort of theological nature. And we can hope in other things, but, you know, it, we're not, the two of us are not going to be able to talk about it, you know, in, in without touching on that religious aspect, um, because it's so vital to who we are and, uh, you know, what we do as woodworkers. So, um, if if that does not fit with your uh, personal experience, you'll have to forgive us, um, and hopefully you will still find plenty of stuff to glean from this. Um, but what we want to talk about, a way of applying that message of hope to something that we all have in common is social media and hope, and how how we see hope in social media and can sort of espouse hope. But also we want to touch on, you know, sort of the opposite of that, which is despair and discouragement. Um, you know, a lot of people nowadays think that social media, you know, there's this thing called the social media effect where you look through these news feeds and, and walls and, and things of people and you see these awesome things and everyone is doing cool stuff, and all of your friends have these great lives with all these awesome toys, and and, and everyone's you know, better than you are. Everyone's better than you. You know, everywhere you look, you find someone who's better than you. So, um, what we want to stress is that unless you take the time to really think about it, you're not going to realize that everything that you're seeing is very carefully curated by the people who are posting it, and they're weeding out the bad stuff. Everyone has bad stuff in their lives. Unfortunately, it's the fallen world that we live in. Um, you know, but we want to concentrate on how we can sort of get past that and say, okay, yeah, but, but that's not how you have to use social media. You can be hopeful and encouraging. Um, and that's, that's why we paired these two together. When I told, I've told several people what the topic is for this week and they're like, mm -hmm. wasn't well, that like an oxymoron? <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and at first, you know, the answer is yes. And it's kind of like, that's why we wanted to pair these two together because especially with the woodworking community, which we've talked about pretty much every episode, mm -hmm. it has been drastically different than the other communities uh, that exist on social media. There's plenty of terrible things on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, name the channel. There's plenty of terrible things, but there's also hope and beautiful things. And that's what we want to talk about is that social media is a platform. It is a tool that can be used for whatever, whatever you desire it to be used for. And what we're, what we want to highlight is first what we've seen and encourage, you know, and challenge everyone that's part of this community to be intentional about how you consume social media mm -hmm. and how you contribute uh, to, you know, what can be a great platform for, for hope and inspiration, both from a faith standpoint, as well as from a, uh, a, a you know, a creative, a, a maker, a creator, you know, a woodworking uh, sense. And so that's what we want to kind of highlight here. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, this is sort of a microcosm of the entire reason why we made this podcast 
to begin with. We saw all of these good things happening in social media, but we also saw some of the bad things. And what we wanted to do was highlight the good stuff and bring that to a wider audience of people if possible. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to sort of get into this. Um, <clears throat> but we spent some time thinking about it and praying about it and really the the true purpose of social media the reason we should be using this is to provide hope for ourselves and others um you know our salvation the salvation of all souls and and the 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 craftsmanship you know um we want to improve ourselves we want to become better craftsmen ourselves but we also want to inspire other people to be uh, better craftsmen, you know, whether that's woodworkers, metal workers, you know, whatever you're doing, you want, you want your presence on social media to encourage yourself and other people. Um, so we, we came up with sort of three things that, uh, that we have in social media that, that can have this effect of, you know, sort of buoying up yourselves and others. Jonathan, you want to go into those? Yeah, so let's start with the first one, and and I'll I'll just list them out all three of them, and then we'll just kind of talk through each one of them. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's showing success, showing failure, and engagement, and we want to talk about all three of those. You know, showing success. If that's all I do, and I don't do, you know, the failures, the um, the imperfections, right? I'm I'm leaving out a big part of the story that right. all of us experience, right? All of us experience success and all of us experience failure. So the success piece though, I think many of us, you know, there are, I think there's a lot of humble people in, in the wordworking community and, and you might actually even shy away from sharing success and victory because you feel like maybe you're bragging. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that there's a reason why there are so many of these great woodworkers out there that have 70, 80, 100, you know, plus thousand people following them. Why? Because they draw inspiration from the, the awesome things, you know, the beautiful things that this, the individual is creating. And so we do want to encourage people, don't be afraid to show your success. Uh, it, it inspires others. It gives them ideas. It connects you with others who are working on similar projects it might inspire them to ask you a question about the project that they can learn from um, or, you know, give them inspiration for a new project. So first we want to say, don't be shy about celebrating success because we're all in this together. There's no reason why we can't celebrate with somebody. Nobody is on social. Well, there might be some people, but I'm certainly not on social <laughs> media to watch other people fail. Right. Um, if, if, if all I saw was failure, I would be like, why would I ever try this? <laughs> this looks impossible. Right. Um, so don't be don't be shy about showing and, and highlighting those successes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's there's definitely a way of doing it without bragging, you know. And the two are not synonymous. You know, you, it's not that you're bragging every time you show an awesome project that you just got done completing. No, you're you're. I, I really like the way you said it, Jonathan. You're you're rejoicing with the community. It's like you know, hey, everybody, this is a good thing that just happened. Share my happiness. Yeah. Like, I'm very happy. I'm proud of myself. I want to share that with you. And I, you know, I want to bring this thing of beauty uh, to other people. And, and that in and of itself is hope by inspiration. You know, you're you're inspiring other people and giving them hope to try themselves. Yeah. And, no, and not give up. It's like, 
success comes. It it doesn't come all the time. It's not constant, right? But it is attainable. uh, Mm -hmm. And it's something that we should always strive towards. And that's why I think it's such a great thing to to, to share those, those successes. And that's also why we wanted to say, don't also be afraid to show your failures. Um, right. You know, there's, there's, we talked about, uh, Bob Claggett sharing some of the, some of the mistakes he had made in the, in the log bench that he had built. It was on, it was a YouTube video. It was a great example right. of using his own mistakes as a, as a teaching, as a teachable moment for those who, who tag along and follow his, his channel. And, we all learn from that too. So and on, on one regard, it's like I see somebody's successes, right? And it's like, wow, I'm so inspired by that. But then I also get to see, okay, they make some mistakes. That's okay too. That's encouraging me not to get discouraged and, and fall into despair, which was talked about in the definition of hope as kind of the absence of hope is despair. Right. And so... You know, when you only share one or you only share the other or you're hyper focused on one and not the other, whether it's success or failure, you're you know, it's it's hard not to fall into that trap of I can never do anything good. Every time I build a project, I make a mistake. It's like so does every other maker in the history of mankind. There's no (laughs) such thing as a perfect project that had no mistakes. If they're out there, please let us know. We would love to hear from you. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll make you a featured craftsman or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll just let you take the show over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not worthy. Um, no, it's, it's that it's the old adage, you know, it's, it's attributed to Thomas Edison. I don't know if he actually said it or if it's one of those quotes that sprung up from the internet, you know, but I did not fail 100 times in making a light bulb. I discovered 100 ways not to make a light bulb. Right. You know, and, and, the key here is learning from your mistakes, which hopefully we're all present enough in the shop to do, um, you know, and it might take a while because I know my first reaction to, to be brutally honest here, my first reaction is like anger and frustration when I, when I make a mistake, unless I'm really, really in the zone and I've, I've sort of been working peacefully, my first reaction is, oh my goodness, why did I do that? Why was I stupid enough to let that happen? I should have done this. I should have done that. But the more time I take to stand back and step away from it, I do eventually realize that, you know, I can learn something from that. And I try to figure out what went wrong, where it maybe started, which is often a long time before it actually happens. We, we get distracted. We don't spend enough time researching or practicing something before we try it out on a project that we've been I'm working very for hours on. That. <laughs> I think we all are. This should work, right? I don't need to. I, I test I've piece, seen I don't other need to people do that. Do this, this. Yeah, this, yeah. I saw a guy on YouTube do this. I, I got this, no problem. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. So, um, the, that can translate into social media then because you know my favorite people to follow on social media are the ones that not only show their failures but then provide instruction in that post as yes. to what went wrong how you can avoid it and ways of like practicing to get around it and there are people like that all over the place it's really inspiring um, guy did that recently guys woodshop who does amazing yes. work by the way. Um, you know, he's doing, uh, a floating, uh, hall table, which is just so cool. 
Oh, it's um, awesome looking. But he had he did this he tried to do this epoxy uh, inlay, and you know it sounded like he's done this several times, no problems. But for whatever reason, the dye and the epoxy soaked into the end grain of that inlay, Yeesh. and literally ruined the top. He had to make a new top. Oh um, man! But it's it's, but he he wasn't afraid to share that. He shared that with us, but he also talked through different ways that um, maybe he could have done it differently. And also mm-hmm. what was cool is that you actually, there was a whole conversation on his Instagram feed with other people chiming in, making recommendations as to how you might be able to prevent that in the future. Like, for example, uh, I think like finishing the inside of the inlay with like shellac or something like that to, right. you know, to prevent the, uh, the p- prevent bleeding from the dye into the end grain. Um, you know, he redid it. It looks amazing. He ended up using, you know, just walnut at that point. Um, and it looks fantastic, but it was a great, uh, opportunity for, you know, you see the furniture that he makes and it's just incredible. Um, inlays all over the place and, you know, guy, we love you, but it's also kind of nice to, to know that you're, you're still human. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and that's kind of the point of this is that when we do that and we do so not to, not to like get, you know, people to like, Oh, poor you. That's so sad. But as a, Hey, I made a mistake here or something went wrong that I didn't plan for. And I want, I want to share it with you guys as a teachable moment that you can learn from this and hopefully not have to redo a top to a table that you make, um, (laughs) in the coming months or years. So with the failure piece, we're really talking about hope by instruction. So for, Mm -hmm. you know, showing successes, hope by inspiration, right? Those successes are inspiring. The, the failures it's hope by instruction because it's a remedy it's a remedy to discouragement and despair that mm-hmm. yes we all make mistakes too and that's okay we learn from them we move on and it makes us a better woodworker and as you said with with guy's post you know there was that conversation below where people were sort of commenting on on different ways of preventing that from happening in the future that's the third prong of this sort of hopeful approach to social media is engage other people you know um we talked about how when we were going through the the these three methods of being hopeful in social media we talked about how you know your contribution is more than just your own personal work yes there are the things that you post but if social media were just, you know, looking at other people's photo albums, it wouldn't be very social. You know, social media, it's about engaging and interacting. And one of the cool things that you said, Jonathan, is if we had to choose between 100 likes and 10 comments, we'd choose the 10 comments in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Even if some of them were hey, did you think about this? Like, it doesn't have to be a, oh, you're the best, you're the greatest, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right. Like, we all love that. Don't ever stop sure. doing that. But <laughs> there's also there's also great in, greatness in, in getting somebody to actually chime in, you know, or like, I, I there's there's plenty of woodworkers who actually post something looking for input. Yeah, um, yeah, advice and, and um, tips and tricks and things like that. And to your point, yes. If all we ever did was just post pictures and no one ever <laughs> responded, like we would all stop posting pictures because it would be meaningless, right? right? That right. engagement yeah. is such an important part of this. And I think that's where, you know, as Adam pointed out, not just sharing, but contributing to the conversations. And, you know, I'm not necessarily suggesting you go unlike a whole bunch of people and only follow like 10 people, but think about <laughs> those you follow 
and think about, you know, there might be opportunities to really engage and build relationships. I mean, this podcast came to be because Adam and I came across each other on Instagram and that triggered, that sparked an actual real relationship that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that developed into this podcast. You know, it was, it was Adam's idea. He reached out to me, but social media is the platform in which we were connected. If social media did not exist, this podcast wouldn't exist. And hopefully right. all of you would be just devastated. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the worst. It the would actual be. actual worst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so think about that of, of not just what you're sharing and contributing from a your own content, your own feed, but are you engaging with those around you, um, both from an encouragement standpoint as well as just building and establishing meaningful relationships with those who share common interests? Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's what's made this community so strong is because if you look at all the people that, you know, if you made a top 10 list of most popular creators on really any social media channel, but especially Instagram, um, they're all good friends. They all know each other. And, and, and we've all been kind of drawn into this community because of that engagement that we see, you know, learning about you know, seeing more than just the woodworking and the personal stories. Um, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, and the reason why, you know, we've, we, we wanted to highlight this is because anything that we do, if we're doing it alone, it's lonely, right? Right. That loneliness is also kind of, you know, is leads to discouragement, leads to despair. And, and that's where, you know, engagement um, and and building these relationships is a great remedy for that loneliness that is kind of, it counteracts that, uh, that loneliness. And, you know, again, it's kind of hope by encouragement um, that mm-hmm. I'm not in this alone, that there are others out there fighting the same fight I am, struggling as I am and, and you know, succeeding. You know, we can all share in that together. Um, and that's, you know, what we've I think what really inspired this podcast from the beginning and what we wanted to kind of highlight um, and, and challenge and encourage those listening to think about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to say, if any of you are listening, because I know we, we have a lot more listeners than we do um, interactions, I guess. Right. Like we, we can see in our stats at this point, we have about 40 or so regular listeners who who you know listen to everything pretty much the week it comes out um but we have way fewer people than that who are actually sort of interacting with us on Instagram and Facebook and stuff so if you're if you're sitting along the sidelines and you're if you feel like an outsider in the woodworking community um the best remedy for that is just to start posting just start engaging on other people's posts and post some stuff yourself but even even if you don't post anything yourself you know engage other people i have to say that is the turning point when i i think i said this in like the first or second episode but when i really stopped feeling like a woodworking consumer and started to feel more like a member of the woodworking community was when I broke my silence. I stopped lurking and I decided (laughs) I was just going to start posting on people's stuff. And it's because I was inspired by a lot of stuff. And I thought, you know what? That was really awesome. I should thank that person 
for making that beautiful thing and inspiring me. Or if I see something that I've done too, you know, I can say, hey, I did the same thing. Here's my take on it. Um, you know, I really like the way you did this on yours, but that sort of made me feel more a part of the woodworking community. So if, if that is if that is something that you have not been a part of yet and, and you're just still sort of sitting there on the sidelines, I highly encourage you. It doesn't matter who, it doesn't have to be us, just someone, like, go out there and tell people what you think of their work, you know? Um, it, it's really awesome, especially, I know sometimes if, especially if all you're getting is, is critique or criticism, that can be a little annoying, but frankly, um, you know, it's, it's just like Jonathan said, it's not all praise, and we shouldn't expect it to be all praise. You know, if you have kids... You don't just compliment them on what they're doing right. You also teach them what they're doing wrong. And so if I'm posting stuff on social media, I hope that people will point out things that I'm doing wrong. Because that's, to me, that's a learning opportunity. That's where I can say, oh, thank you for, you know. Uh, thank you thank you for caring enough about my yes. progression as a woodworker to enlighten me on something that will make me better. Right. And being generous with your own experience. Because I assume that anyone who's going to tell me what I'm doing wrong has more experience than I do. And at least that's in experience that thing that, that they're, that, yeah. you know, at least in that topic. Yeah. And, and experience is hard earned. So, you know, I value the fact that they're preventing me from having to go through everything that they had to go through before they learned the lesson that they're imparting there. And exactly. I, I feel like that's very generous. Yeah. So. And the other thing about this, you know, engagement, I think a lot of people can be intimidated by, Oh, who cares what I have to say? I'm terrible. Like we all think that we're the worst woodworker out there, like that everybody right. is better than us. Right. But you know, if you think about it, you know, from your own perspective, when somebody comments and tells you, you know, how awesome something that you've done is and how it's inspired them to create something, what you don't do is go and look at how many followers they have and decide whether or not that's a value. Right. <laughs> You're, right. <laughs> you're, you're just, you're grateful and you're, and you're flattered and, and you're appreciative. It doesn't matter who that person is. Um, right. And so don't, I, I would say, I wouldn't worry about, well, I'm not, I'm not popular enough. Nobody cares what I have to say, you know, take a risk, you know, have some hope and, and, and engage, uh, because I, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed, especially if you go in with an open mind, you know, you're trying to be an active part in the community. I mean, it's just like any other relationship um, where it's, there's, you know, you're taking risks, right? Because you, you might not get, you might post something and it's crickets. Like, huh. <laughs> right. Um, which I think is where it's important to not, to, I guess, find social media's proper place. And that just like as we talked about at the beginning, our source of hope, you know, at least as Catholic Christian men, is Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, that is our source of hope. And if we, and we all fall victim to this every single day, if we try and find hope in anything else, we're always disappointed. Right. Um, but when we're able to put our hope where it belongs in Christ, uh, that allows us, I think it really frees us to be more vulnerable and engage and take risks that we wouldn't have otherwise, because we know that, you know, if we're, working towards our salvation and the salvation of those around us, that whatever comes our way is just part of the, it's part of it. And I can right. kind of be freed from that fear of, 
being let down or failure or, uh, you know, any of those, you know, despairing and discouraging fears. Definitely. So I wanted to share, um, you know, a, a brief story, I guess, on, you know, as we were looking at starting this podcast uh, is kind of like the perfect example for me of of tying all these things in together. You know, I've been on Instagram for, I don't know, it's probably, it'll be, I think it was probably two, three years in October, I think. Um, two or three years, I can't remember. I think it's been three. And I, you know, when Adam had reached out to me, it was all exciting. But when it finally came time to kind of make a public announcement and say, hey, go out there on a limb and say, hey, I am starting this podcast, we are starting this podcast. And I hope that I can you know, have your support. Um, and I also want to thank you for, uh, all of the contributions up to this point, giving me the confidence to go out on a limb and, and take this leap of faith. Um, and I was literally blown away, like falling out of my chair, blown away at the, at the positive response that I, I received. I I had a thank you post. Um, I'd actually had a post of, hey, I, w- I want to sell some tools to raise some money for some, some of the things we need for the podcast. I literally sold every single thing that was on that list in like two days. Um, you know, so that was fantastic. And then, you know, as a, you know, thank you for all of your support. And it was just, it was amazing at, at, at the overwhelmingly positive response that people actually cared that I was doing this. They were excited for us. Um, and they wanted to tag along and follow along and share in our journey with us was such a great, um, and amazing experience. And I was, you know, I think both Adam and I talked about this before we started the podcast that I think both of us alone on our own might be discouraged and not want to do this or talk ourselves out of this. Uh, but you know, I would say by the grace of the Holy spirit, uh, you know, we were given the strength together to go after this. Um, you know, this was Adam's kind of idea and inspiration and, you know, going after this together really kind of gave us the strength and the courage that we needed to say, we don't care who listens. We feel like we're being called to do this. Uh, we want, we, we think we have an important message to get out there and whatever happens is part of the plan. Mm -hmm. And if it's a humbling exercise where we don't have any listeners, well then, uh, you know, Thanks for the humility. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. We but at that. the same time, that wasn't going to stop us from the risk of failure was not going to stop us from doing this. Um, and that encouragement that we received from the community was really kind of the tipping point for me to say, okay, I'm going after this. I'm not going to hold anything back. And that way that I could say at the end, well, it really wasn't going to work out anyways. So I didn't really invest that much time in it. And then I could kind of shy away from failure as like, I'm going all in, um, we're passionate about this and uh it you know that that was kind of the tipping point that that you know overwhelming encouragement and support from from this great community yeah it's it's and it it hasn't stopped there that's the thing i mean it's amazing i feel bad saying we don't have that many active listeners it's not to say in any way that i'm disappointed with the amount of activity that we have um you know, especially on Instagram is where we see it the most, but also to a lesser degree, Facebook. Um, just you guys are incredible. Like you, our listeners are just great. You know, um, 
a lot of you have reached out to us and commented on our, uh, you know, biweekly challenge questions. You know, we, we see that you're actually, you're taking the message to heart because this, this podcast is not about Adam and Jonathan. It's about virtue in woodworking and it's about you guys because that's why we're doing this. If you weren't here, we wouldn't be talking right now. So, you know, the fact that you guys are, are listening to what we have to say and you're taking the topic to heart and examining your own lives along with us as we examine our lives, you know, I feel like we are growing as a community. Yeah, we're learning from everyone who responds because everybody's in a different situation, right? We're hobbyist yep. woodworkers. Some are full-time, some are part-time. Um, some, you know, are are single, some are married, some have some have kids, right? We're all coming from different experiences, different backgrounds. Some of us have been doing this for, you know, six months. Some of us have been doing this for 10 years. Um, right. And every one of you who is listening and, and chimes in and, and shares and contributes, like Adam said, we're all growing together um, part of this. So, you know, thank you, a sincere thank you. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, keep, keep chiming in, keep responding, keep sharing, uh, because we're mm -hmm. all benefiting from it. Yeah. And to that end, we're not letting you off the hook. So this week we have another challenge for you and mm -hmm. it touches on each of those three things. Do you post your successes in a way that is inspirational? Do you post your failures in a way that teaches others? And do you engage others in a way that is encouraging and edifying to them? And I have a feeling a lot of you are probably you know, humility aside, would could probably safely say yes to all three of those things because by far we see a lot more positives in social media than we do negatives, at least in the Especially woodworking on Instagram. community. And I think it's, yeah, yeah, Instagram, I think really, it's a really encouraging community to be a part of. Yeah. Um, so think about that. And if you do, that's awesome. And maybe this will help you to um, realize that that's what you're doing and encourage you to keep doing that. But if you don't, or if you've been wondering why you've been having sort of an empty feeling in terms of social media and, or you feel like you're not getting anything out of it or it's not fulfilling, maybe these are some ways that you could improve your social media experience and Absolutely. feel more like a part of the community. Absolutely. So again, those are, do you post your successes in a way that's is inspirational and it could just be do you post your successes period right because that's some true of us yeah. may shy away from that then do you post your failures at all and if you do in a way that is 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 informative and teaches others and then lastly are you engaged with others uh in a, in a way that's encouraging and edifying to them mm -hmm. um and, you know taking an active role in, in in this in this great community so we'd love to hear from all of you uh once you get a chance to listen um, and, you know, thanks again for everyone who's been contributing up to this point. It's been really great. Mm -hmm. And when you do, be sure to use the hashtag stay virtuous. Because, we want that to catch on. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's another thing where I feel like it, it goes beyond us. You know, if we can get that to, to take off, then it's no longer just the two of us who have this megaphone up here and saying, hey, be virtuous, be virtuous. But it's it's everyone encouraging each other, all of us, to be virtuous. So. Right. Really, I hope that hashtag catches on. And, and a lot of people have been using it, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, that number is growing. Um, we actually, we had someone reach out to us uh, just the other day. Um, Juan, we want to shout out to you and uh, encourage you in your current project. Um, Juan 
reach out to us. We, he wants to build a kneeler. Um, and so uh, that it, it sounds like it's going to be an awesome project. Um, and actually, he is friends with Adam Minahan of the Catholic Man Show, who also just finished an amazing kneeler uh, out of cedar. It's like all live edged and awesome. um, very, yeah, cool, it's, very manly. Yeah, it it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Like it was, I've never I've never seen a kneeler with live edges, and it, I'm talking not just the top, like everything, every piece of wood in that thing, except what was covered with upholstery, had a live edge on it. It was incredible. So, and you know why? Neat. It's because he used the tools that he had. Right. He used the materials that he had. He used the tools that he had. Um, and it's not just a perennialer. It's it's a double perennialer for him and his wife, mm-hmm. which is even cooler, more manly. Yes. So way to go, Adam. Excellent. So Adam the and other Juan. Adam. Yeah, yeah, the other Adam. Adam M. Uh, great job. Juan, uh, keep up the, the good work. And, and uh, as you plan, you know, make sure to, to keep us posted and uh, post some stuff on social media, too, so that everyone can see um, as you go along that journey. So absolutely. So. Adam, uh, this leads us kind of to the end of the show, which I'm sad because this has probably been uh, my favorite topic maybe so far. Who is our <laughs> featured craftsman this week? Oh, my gosh. Now, see, we're looking at this from two totally different perspectives. For me, I'm like, yay, we finally get to talk about our featured craftsman. <laughs> yeah. And part of the reason why I'm so enthusiastic about that is our featured craftsman, when I think of social media and hope, and I think of people who I follow and who are part of the woodworking community who inspire hope and who who foster hope in the community. This man is one of the first ones, if not the first one, who comes to mind. And that is Todd Clippinger of the American Craftsman Workshop. If you already follow Todd, I probably don't need to say anything else because okay. you can't see his feed without just being overwhelmed with his generosity in sharing everything that he has. Um, I feel like I need to bookmark all of the videos that he puts on Instagram because one of one of the best things and one of my favorite things that he does is Todd will put out these um, brief, like, you know... They're like what, tutorials, what is it? but they're like yeah, they are. long and they're just packed, jam-packed full <laughs> of awesome wisdom. Yeah. And to give a little bit of background, Todd is a craftsman. He's a contractor. He does woodworking. He does, he works in other, uh, media as well. Um, he, he collaborates with other craftsmen. Um, he does renovations. He builds new, you know, construction and additions and and things. Um, really you name it and, and he's done it. And it really comes through in these little, you know, jam packed, tutorials that he does and it can be something as simple as the other day he had he had one on how many teeth do you really need on a miter saw blade you know and he explained he said you know these are the blades i've been using these are the blades that i don't use anymore because uh you know the carbide on their teeth uh break off and and i'll keep using the ones i have but i'm not going to buy any more of those i'm going to go back to these other ones and and you know you know that that's coming from 20, 30 years of you can take experience that to the bank. Yeah. Yeah. I would bet money on that. And I trust, you know, what he says because he's clearly got the experience to back it up, but it's just that generosity. I, I have never, ever seen a post that comes from Todd Clippinger that 
appear selfish in any way. You know, he could be posting the most triumphant work of of woodworking, you know, glory that has come yeah. out, and and it's it's in this way of like, well, here, let me submit this to you guys, you know, for for your approval, or you know, not for our approval, but like, you know, for your enjoyment, and, and let me show you what I've been working on, and let me let me inspire you to do better, and and to you know keep keep up the good work and stuff, and it's just it's amazing. So, um, yeah. That, Needless to what say, else do you say, we are very, very excited to speak with Todd uh, in a couple of days <laughs> here, um, and and even more excited to be able to share that with uh, all of our listeners. So, mm-hmm. uh, very look forward to that coming out next week. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna be. It'll be. It'll be hard to uh, keep my keep my composure. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I I'm really. I have to say, it's probably a close second to just being able to interact with the community on the whole but a close second to my favorite part about this podcast is getting to do these one-on-one interviews with our featured craftsmen because it's i mean not only do i get to sort of fangirl about it you know and and just you know my my inner little kid comes out and i'm like yay i get to meet a famous person or at least you know famous to me but uh, celebrities yeah yeah but at the same time right I, I'm excited because we get to bring these people to people who may not know them already. And, I mean, why why are you not following these people? I mean, they're all just really solid, amazing people who are very encouraging and inspiring. So, um, And we also hope that we're bringing us, even if you do follow them, right? We're, we're, we mm-hmm. hope that we're bringing something new uh, to, to the conversation that, although maybe you've known them for many years, it, you know, at... These aren't things that you've typically heard from them or, or, or seen them share. Um, so right. very much looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So that wraps this up, really. Um, what are we going to be yep. talking about next episode, Adam? Next episode, our topic is family and charity. So um, how your woodworking affects your family. Um, and it doesn't have to be... You know, we're not just going to be talking about, uh, you know, those of you who are married and or have kids, um, but, but you know, any of your family um, and how your woodworking affects them and how how to be charitable with, uh, you know, thinking of others when it comes to woodworking. Yes. So that uh, that wraps it up. Um, uh, you can find us more uh, if you're just tuning in. You just stumbled across this. And you have no idea who we are. You can find us on arborvitaepodcast.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, uh, or just email us directly, uh, contact at arborvitaepodcast.com. Uh, and then also both uh, Adam and I have Instagram accounts that we share more of our woodworking on. Uh, you can find me, Jonathan, at The Catholic Woodworker uh, and Adam at Catholic Composer. Uh, just a quick reminder, the, 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 the challenger questions of, uh, you know, do you post your successes in a way that's inspirational, posting failures in a way that teaches uh, as an instructional, and, you know, are you engaged uh, in engaging others uh, in an encouraging and edifying way for them? Uh, so we'd love to hear from you, look forward to hearing from you. Uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we mentioned this, I think, last episode maybe, um, but with, with the holidays in full circle, we figured we might want to hold off on the, uh, the Arbor Vitae community uh, Google Hangout. So we're going to try and take uh, tackle that in early January, so look for more information on that after Christmas. So 
Uh, thanks again for listening, and as always, hashtag stay virtuous. Stay virtuous.